1: What is going on Colts Nation welcome back to another episode of bring the juice guys the Colts win in dramatic fashion once again Being able to go past the 500 mark six and five now on the year Being able to finally get into the playoff picture as it currently stands right now we have a game still to play later tonight that will decide whether or not Indy remains in that spot or not. But as of this moment when the Colts just won, the Colts are now in the playoffs as the seventh seed in the AFC after a big 27-20 to win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Cody, we talked about it. It was kind of a tale of two halves. You know, that first half, we felt like it should have been a much bigger lead uh, and then in the second half, Tampa Bay just wouldn't go away. But Indy comes out with a win, man. How you feeling?
2: Feeling good. Uh, like you said, it definitely seemed like the score was not an indicator on how it, how good it felt like Indy played in this game, right? I mean, just it was just a few of those dumb mistakes that we've seen this team make that I think ultimately, you know, really uh, kept this game close, to be completely honest with you. But, no, it felt really good coming out of the bye Definitely felt like Indy, uh, you know, sh- sharpened some things up, especially offensively. They still have their issues, like there's no question, but definitely feels good coming off the bye. Playing against a t- Tampa team, and I tell you what, man, they may not have like a ton of wins on the schedule, but they are a scrappy team. Like I always feel like Tampa has been that this year, you know, and, and I think they've exceeded, like some people I think just thought they were going to roll over this year, and they've proven that they haven't. Like they haven't been great. But, like, this was a team that, like, you know, I was just kind of like, this could be like a Saints game to me, you know, where Indy gets up early and then what happens, you know, they kind of collapse in the second half. But the, to give Indy credit, they didn't. They held on. They, they, you know, the offense, you know, rose to the occasion when they needed to, the defense the same way. They definitely both had some their issues today. But, you know, all in all, being 6-5 and five through 11 games that you played, you know, despite not having still one of your starting corners, Still not having your starting quarterback for the year, you know, like some of those things. Yet the Colts still being able to come through um, and and have a chance. Like we said at the playoffs, this is certainly a great way to start right off of the bye. You feel really good about this win, especially the way that you won this game.
1: Yeah, I mean, (laughs) talk about being stressful all the way to the very end, man. We're all we're all talking about it, all wondering if this would just be another one of those games where. Indy just couldn't hold on. But very end, Samson and Bukum strip sack. Uh, and then that ends the game. Dio Dangbo falls on it, and the Colts win it all. I, we'll talk about the defense here in a second. Here, Cody, uh, before we hop into the players, I just tweeted about this, man. Me personally, I think Shane Steichen has to be the front runner for Coach of the Year right now. I mean, I know that a lot of people were talking about. D'Amico Ryans and everything else that's going on in, in the Texans. And I think that Shane Steichen and D'Amico Ryans should be number one and number two right now with how things are going. But you look at what Indy has done with this coach and this team and how it has gone and Indy to be in the playoff picture right now with the way they their roster is constructed and how everything has gone. I think right now Shane Steichen should be coach of the year front runner. Do you, uh,
2: do you agree or disagree? I agree. I think he definitely deserves to be in the conversation. I mean, Derek, especially remember, just think about where this team was a year ago at this time. I mean, leaderless, you know, completely just an, a shell of its former self. Like, this, let's be honest, this roster in this locker room and really this franchise, they were in shambles at this point last year. There was just so much going on, so much drama, and on all these things happening right now. And so the fact that the Colts obviously look they already won two more games than they did a year ago through only 11 games. But also you just look and just the culture that this team has right now, the culture that Coach Steichen has set. You can tell, man, I mean, let's be real. Like we talked about it a couple, maybe a couple months ago. This team may not have won that game, but this team is a team that's growing. And you know, the signs of a good coach, Derek, are when the team gets better through the course of the season. And we're starting to see that even though they have their issues, even though they've been dealing with some really crazy injuries, you know, they still have been able to pull through and, and, you know, come out with some of these victories. And so definitely think Shane Steichen and really the entire coaching staff, they deserve the props, man, because, uh, you know, despite all the things they've been dealt this year, you know, they, they've been able to pull through. And and Derek, you think about last year, the the close games that the Colts are in. You know, the games that like maybe the Colts took an early lead or whatever, or they called their way back into a game. How many times did it seem like the Colts had a chance to, you know, clutch victory from the jaws of defeat or whatever, and they, they did it the opposite, where they gave the game away? I mean, so many times I can think of even last year where that happened, Derek. But this was like I think a big step, especially for this defense, because they closed out the game. They called game and they ultimately won the game at the end of everything. So I think this is a team that's starting to do what it didn't do last year. It's finding ways to win, not finding ways to lose. So I mean, and that ultimately comes down to what the the culture that Coach Seiken has already put in place where the team believes in itself, they believe in each other, even though it may not always be pretty. Like they believe, and Derek, this team now—the Indianapolis Colts—are on a three-game winning streak, and they're one of the—they're one of those teams that, man, watch out. You know, they—they're not perfect, you know, but they're a dangerous team. You know, they can do a lot of things. So, definitely think Coach Steichen and company—they deserve a ton of props. And I definitely think to answer your question, he deserves to be in that conversation, if not the front runner right now for Coach of the Year. Love it, man.
1: Well, let's go ahead and hop into this. Uh-huh. Yep. Let's start with the quarterback, Gardner Minshew, 24 41 today, 251 yards, uh, one interception, no passing touchdowns, uh, but did also have a rushing touchdown in this game. So one touchdown to one interception. Uh, Cody, I mean, it, to me, I looked at it, I said it in the pregame. You got to try to find a happy medium here between Gardner Minshew being trash and Gardner being. Uh, aggressive, you know, you have to try to find a, a little bit in between. And, you know, I'd say that it was pretty close to being about what mi- middle of the pack ish is for Gardner Minshew, right? I mean, we obviously saw a bunch of the same old habits, right? Uh, you know, putting himself into sacks, uh, throwing that interception in that situation was bad. Um, you know, immense. all the other things, he was still able to make a couple of really good throws, was able to move the ball down the field a lot better than he has in the last couple weeks. So you take the good with the bad when it comes to Gardner right now.
2: Yeah, it, it's so crazy. We talked about this at halftime. It was crazy just the hot and cold because he started off, it was like, bam, seven, you know, he hit seven in a row and it's just like, oh my gosh, like, this is maybe a new Gardener. Maybe he's turning a corner here. And then he goes and he misses his next 10. And you're just like, what the heck is happening? And then you talk about, like, it's like the announcers almost jinxed it because they're talking about how well he's protecting the ball right now and getting the ball out on cue, throws an interception. And, again, that was a miscommunication. So you can debate how much of that was on downs versus, versus Gardner, miscommunication there. All right, whatever. But my problem was the one that actually wasn't a turnover, but Alec Pierce, to his credit, he uh he slammed the defender. He basically had to play the defender on that one, and uh, I think it was Antoine Winfield almost came up with that pick. And because of Alec Pierce, it was incomplete. Like just dumb plays like that that just are drive killers. Like Gardner Minshew was you know did that and and very fortunate that that didn't turn off into another turnover. And Derek, that could have been a completely different ball game then. So he just got to be smarter with the ball. And and Derek, this has just been something with Gardner that I've just been genuinely shocked at is. How rookie like he looks in the pocket at times, how rookie like he looks under pressure. It's like when things are going good, they're going great. But when things aren't going good, Gardner starts to collapse and he looks like deer in headlights. And he honestly, Derek, reminds me of, you know, some of those, you know, rookie quarterbacks that take a lot of hits, you know, that are just scared for their life back there and are literally just doing whatever they can to not take another hit. That's what it reminds me of for Gardner Minshew. He doesn't look poised. And that's surprising given, you know, a guy that, you know, has played and started and you know, 30 games started and played in over fifty. Like the fact that he just has struggled to look poised. And and some of the things you just take for granted, I guess, or you just assume are kind of in, you know, for veterans, like you just assume veterans do this well, like pocket awareness and things like that. Like Gardner has not. He has struggled this year in that. And I can I can think of no other play than the one on it was right when the Colts were trying to march down right before the half and ultimately You know, they missed that field goal, but like Gardner's scrambling. He could have easily gotten five yards or more, but he looks back at the defender and he goes back and tries to avoid this hit. And I'm like, what are you doing? Just take off, man. Like what is going on? You know, just like that complete paranoia in the pocket. It's almost comical at this point. It's like I called him. I texted you. I said, I'm going to get my nickname for him is going to be Twinkle Toes because this dude literally is just scared in the pocket. And, you know, he sometimes when he navigates the pocket, he makes plays down the field. But there's other times where you're like, there's a play to be made. But because you're panicking when you shouldn't panic, you're causing you're you're basically ruining the play. You're taking away what could be a positive play and turning it into a potentially very negative play with a turnover or just not finding the easy throw. So I don't know. It's just very weird with Gardner Minshew. And I guess that's a reason why he's a backup in the NFL. And Derek, I don't know how you feel, but I'm kind of like iffy on do I want him back next year, to be completely honest with you, which I didn't think I'd be because, like, I would think, like, okay, like I would think he would have more poise than he has, but I've been kind of genuinely surprised at how little poise he's had in the pocket at times. So it's just been strange with Gardner this year, and I just – frankly, I expected him to be better than he was in that department. But also he's been better in certain ways than I expected him to be. So I guess it's give and take with him. Yeah, I mean, to
1: answer your question, I mean – you're bringing him back only for the fact that he's a backup quarterback, right? I mean, and and, and it's a very unfortunate circumstance that Richardson is missing the entirety of the season, right? Yeah. We did not expect that to happen. If you had a situation where Richardson had to miss a game or two, then, you know, Gardner is a guy that can go in there and do that because you're not expecting much from him. But for you to go into a season With Gardner full knowing that he is going to be remaining the starter for the last 10 games of the year, it's a very different circumstance. So, yes, I would want to have Gardner back if you didn't feel like you could have a better quarterback backup option because, again, you're only signing him for that role. You're not signing him because you expect him to be a starter again. So, you know, there's that. But, yeah, I mean, Gardner... It, we could we say it every freaking week, right? Uh, the pocket awareness feel for the pocket. It's just not there. Uh, he throws off his back foot sometimes, which makes some of these passes sail over these receivers heads. You know, he doesn't step into his throws very often, which causes a lot of these throws that are just not great for, uh, the rack, you know? So, uh, It's one of those situations. So it is what it is. You take what you get with Gardner. I think I saw something early in the third quarter, Cody. It said Gardner under pressure, 10 of 16 for like 120 yards and uh, a good QB rating. I was like, Mm -hmm. all right, that's okay. And then that same thing when he's under pressure, 3 of 13 for one interception and 40 yards. Like that is the perfect understanding of where the Colts are. When Gardner's not pressured, he's a pretty dang good quarterback, Cody, but when he's pressured, he breaks down. He is not a good quarterback. He is a trash quarterback under pressure. And again, we keep talking about it. He is the guy that creates his own pressure. He does it all the time. So you make do with what you can, right? I mean, again, we, we had the conversation of Shane Steichen, like, should you stop throwing the football so much with Gardner Minshew? I don't think that's the answer to doing it because at the end of the day, Gardner's going to s- screw you up one way or another, no matter how many times you make him throw the football. I think just ultimately you have to try to find a happy medium. I thought there was a good happy medium today. Maybe you could have ran the football just a little bit more. But we're going to hop into that right now, actually. Uh, th- nevertheless, man, this running back room, it was on one today. Uh, between Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss, 23 carries for 146 yards and two touchdowns. I remind you the Gardner Minshew had that one rushing touchdown. All in all, 27 rushes today for 155 yards and Three touchdowns might be one of the best it, it, it may not be the best rushing day we've ever had uh because that Titans game earlier in the year was really great, but as a collective unit, this you couldn't have done any better, Cody as a rushing unit than this I mean to average almost six yards a carry, Jonathan Taylor looked like he was back Zach Moss and the limited carries that he got was explosive I mean. Talk about this rushing attack, man, because it, it was on it today.
2: Yes, it was. Yeah, you mentioned 23 carries, 146 yards uh between Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor. That's 6.3 yards per carry in this game, Derek. And that, and mind you, that's that's against a Tampa Bay defense that comes in, one of the best rushing defenses in the NFL. So, Derek, now the Colts have, you know, played two in the last few weeks, two, you know uh top five rushing defenses and they have run the ball effectively. And, and the the reason why they run the ball effectively, Derek, I think has been obviously Jonathan Taylor getting back to full strength, but I love the fact that now they're, you know, after what, you know, Jim Mercer said, and we saw everything with, you know, Jonathan Taylor getting literally 99% of the carries in Germany, the Colts went back to Zach Moss a little bit more and Give him credit, man. You know, he had in this game eight carries to Taylor's 15, and he had a better average in this game. I'm not saying he maybe played better, but, like, you know, when he got the opportunities, he made the most of them. And, you know, he's a nice number two back to have, a nice compliment to Jonathan Taylor. And, Derek, I think it's just so great because if you can kind of get Taylor with a little bit more, if you can kind of get that sort of ratio that you had today, that is perfect for what you want to do. Um, because you're, you're keeping Jonathan Taylor fresh, you're keeping Zach Moss fresh. And also, you know, if you're running it effectively, like, you know, you're, the defense is going to, is going to wear down. Like they're going to wear down. If you have two guys that are fresh, that just helps you so much in that advantage. And we saw the Colts really make a concerted effort in the second half, Derek, to run the football and continue to go back to their running attack. And we saw how effective it was. You know, Jonathan Taylor, I believe he only had a couple carries in the first half. I don't exactly know the exact number. Only had a couple carries, but he finished this game with 15 carries. So he had a good bulk of the carries in the second half. And we saw what happened, Derek. I mean, you know, the Colts offense in the second half, well, it didn't necessarily wasn't great at times. The turnovers were down. They were able to sustain some drives. And ultimately, I think that's what happened. And that's why the Colts were able to come out on top. And even on that last drive they had, you know, they ran the ball effectively when they were able to, unfortunately they got behind the sticks with that holding penalty, but like they still were able to really run the ball effectively. And so if the Colts could continue to, to find this and also shout out to Wesley French as well, the, the backup center, he was in this game because Ryan Kelly was out. He played really well. I felt like Well, the entire offensive line played really well in this game again, and uh, continues to, you know, just, Push Jonathan Taylor and, and Zach Moss in this rushing attack to new levels. And so it's a very dangerous group, Derek. And I really feel like this duo, I would argue that they're the best in tandem in the NFL right now um, because Zach Moss, lest we forget, he was a top five rusher. He was number two in the NFL for a while in rushing yards when he was getting more of the carries. So, you know, I, I love kind of this ratio the culture going with. Um, you know, yeah. Jonathan Taylor on the day, just a hair under a 100 yards. But like I said, both running backs averaging over six yards a carry. Zach Moss nearly seven yards a carry. This is exactly what the Colts wanted to do. And against a very, very elite Tampa Bay front seven, they did a great job. I know they were still they were missing a few guys, but still, they had Everyone Vita Vea in this guys. game. Like, Vita Vea is the guy that stops the run, you know? And so, and then the Colts did a great job at running the ball, and I think that ultimately helped their offense in the second half. It kind of helped get Gardner Minshew under control a little bit, you know, because he kind of gets – a little wound up, it feels like at times, yeah. where he's trying to do too much, and so the fact that they could rely on the run game in the second half, I think, they helped calm him down and helped him be more that game manager and helped him not make some of those wild, inerrant throws, you know, that we saw him start to make at the end of the first half. So, uh, definitely love what this running attack is doing, and excited as it is going to continue to, you know, grow and 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 I think ultimately, Derek, that's what the Colts have to do, you know, to continue this winning streak. They have to rely on these two running backs. To kind of lead the way here with this offense, um, and then you know, kind of supple, kind of be that number one, you know, thing that they can do—that number one tandem in the NFL—and and if they can do that, they can help take a ton of pressure off of Gardner Minshew and company.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed.
1: Oh yeah, I mean I, that 70 to 75 for Jonathan and 25 to 30 for Zach Moss really would be a great ratio going forward. Um like you said, yeah. I mean having Jonathan Taylor take 70% of the snaps, you know, but only but 30 of that give it to Zach Moss, you're right. It's going to keep Jonathan Taylor fresher throughout the year. And then, of course, you know, Zach Moss will always remain fresh if you're going to do it that way. I mean, and even if you wanted to do a 60-40 or a 70-30, you know, I mean, Zach Moss is showing you that – it doesn't matter if he's taken the step back. He still is the guy. doesn't matter that Jonathan Taylor's back. Zach Moss is still averaging six to seven yards a carry ever since Jonathan Taylor's come back. Zach Moss is not losing any of his ability because Jonathan Taylor's coming back. But we're finally seeing Jonathan Taylor become the Jonathan Taylor that we remember seeing. We're seeing him yep. get that burst back. We're seeing him get that vision back. We're seeing him just get the durability back and being able to follow his linemen and be able to do that. And you're right. On the on the front of the offensive line, Wesley French, top, hats off to you, bro. I mean, to have to deal with that middle of that defensive line for Tampa, over the last five years, they have been a really, really solid front seven when it comes to that. Like you said, I know they're missing a few guys there. But Indy's always missing guys. We're missing guys in the secondary. I don't want to hear it. You know, it's always give or take when it comes to this. But you have to do what you got to do. You can't average six and a half yards of carry with your running backs if your offensive line's not doing their job. And your offensive line, it was doing its job today. And, and again, the two sacks that Gardner Minshew took, Cody, they were all on Gardner Minshew. So, I mean, at the end of the day, the Colts offensive line realistically gave up no sacks and you ran the ball for 144 yards with your two running backs. So, again, fantastic job by the offensive line who was still missing the best center in football. So, fantastic work there. Now, moving to the pass game again, we got to talk about these wide receivers, man. Fantastic work today by Michael Pittman. 10 catches, a season high, 107 yards, was targeted 13 times today, Cody. Uh, Josh Downs, this is amazing, Cody, because Josh Downs got targeted the same number of times as Pittman, but yet had half the yardage and half the receptions. Uh, I think you and I would both be willing to say that That's more on a Gardner Minshew front than on a Josh Downs front. Um, I do know Downs had one really bad drop uh, early in the second quarter, but outside of that, most of the throws were just, they just weren't, they weren't catchable. So, I mean, it is what it is, but Michael Pittman just seemed to be all over the place today, man. He could do no wrong. Josh Downs had a couple of really great catches early in the game. Uh, Molly Cox. The third leading receiver on that one catch on that fourth down, that crucial fourth down yeah. at the end of the game. Shane Steichen with some balls decides to run that with Zaire Franklin in at fullback. Mm. <laughs> Moali Cox, if Gardner Minshew hits him in stride, Moali Cox scores that. I'm just reminding people uh, <laughs> Will Mallory, two catches for 29 yards. Uh, he was huge in that first drive for Indy in that third quarter to kind of get the ball moving. Uh, two catches back-to-back there. Alec Pierce, four catches for 27 yards, albeit wasn't a ton from Alec Pierce, but he was getting everything that he was, that was thrown his way. Uh, a really great game there from Alec Pierce being a role player there. And Zach Moss had a couple. I mean, not much wrong you can say here Cody about the wide receivers on that front. I mean they all played really well and they did their jobs today.
2: Yeah, I want to see Will Mallory get more get more uh, opportunities, dude. Like I, I really do feel like he has been such a guy, such a reliable guy when you, they've targeted him. And again, he's only had, coming into this game, I think like six catches or something like that. So hasn't really been targeted. He's kind of floated off and on the practice squad. You know, some injuries that kind of allowed him to be in some games. But like at this point, I would ra- I want to see a little bit more from him. Like because every time they target him, he makes a play. So I want Will Mallory to get a little bit more look on offense um, because I think he's a guy that definitely presents a mismatch. You know, he was the fastest tight end in the draft for a reason, and I would love to see the Colts use him a little bit more in the passing attack, um, but yeah, you mentioned it, Michael Pittman Jr., I think one of his best days we've seen, I think one of it, it feels like they just kept going to him, man, and he was consistently making plays, um, and so love to see that from him, you know, 10 catches today, 107 yards, Derek, right now, he's on pace for about 1,200 yards, um, I think it was like 117 carries or, or 117 catches or something like that, so he's definitely put on pace to put up number one wide receiver numbers right now. And uh, you love to see that. I, I would love to see them get him more involved in the red zone. That's just something they just haven't done a whole lot. He only has three receiving touchdowns on the year. Probably should have four, honestly, if you count that one a couple weeks ago that they didn't yeah. count. Um, but still, nevertheless, they they I would love to see them target him a little bit more there. You know, Josh Downs, as fantastic as he has been, Derek, and he had some plays today. I mean, it's crazy that we could probably say this was his worst game as a pro. um, But like still he played well, like it's not like he was terrible at all. Just that critical drop, like you talked about, that was, that was definitely tough to see. Um, But he did have a couple nice plays there, you know, in this game as well, but definitely wasn't his best performance that we've seen because he's been so good this year at wide receiver. Um, But yeah, the wide receivers I thought played pretty well, all things considered. Uh, It was, you know, a good thing. And, you know, Alec Pierce, while he never has put up the crazy numbers this year, he's been consistent when targeted. That's just been the issue. They just haven't targeted him. So um, it was good to see them give him a little bit more looks today, and he made some catches. So I uh, definitely would love to see them go to him a little bit more in the future. But, yeah, I definitely feel like this wide receiver room, they did a pretty good job when they were targeted today.
1: Yeah, 100%, man. I mean, it, you're right. It never resulted in a touchdown, even though, I mean – You didn't have to because, you know, the the Indianapolis Colts ran the football so well inside the red zone that, I mean, the passing game today, Cody, really was, it really was the Shane Steichen motto, right? Like, you want to pass the ball to score points, but at the same time, you want to have run the football to win the football game. And yep. that's really what it was. You, it, the passing game set you up to score points. And then the running game ended up scoring the final points, be, finishing it off, winning the football game for us. And especially at the end when Indy was trying to run the rest of the clock out and you had that situation, Jonathan Taylor, you know, that touch, that, that first down at the end to seal it. I mean, it, it, the offense outside of a few times where it just looked like as if it couldn't get anything going – this was probably the most effective and efficient the offense has looked. I mean, honestly, Cody, in the last five games, I don't know if I can really say that the Colts have had a better offensive output than this. I mean, yeah. this was the best it's looked in a long time.
2: Yeah, for sure. And that was why when we when we talked with the Cannon and Fire guys, like I just felt like you know Shane Steichen, he's obviously a really good offensive coach. Well, they got to figure some things out here, you know, because it's been so bad the last couple of weeks. You're like, they're going to figure some things out here. And to their credit, they definitely did. And it was good to see them start to get that balance back a little bit and I definitely feel like this offense uh, is trending upward and you're really excited about what they can be. Um, You feel like if you get Ryan Kelly back, you get Drew Ogletree back, this unit will be even better moving forward. So looking forward to how that's going to go. But, yeah, the offense did a really good job. Did a really good job.
1: And, I mean, let's give props to the defense here, Cody. I mean, yes, 20 points in this game, understood. But we also got to remember where they were when they gave up seven of those points uh, in the second quarter. Clearly, we saw, I mean, Gardner had them pinned inside their own 20. You knew something bad was going to happen there with the defense. And, you know, it's been one of those situations uh, before we get into the defensive line unit here, Cody, let's kind of talk about the rest of these guys. Baker Mayfield, 20 of 30 today, not even breaking 200 yards on the day, two touchdowns for an interception. Uh, And then Rashad White had himself a game, 15 carries for 100 yards. You know, that's certainly Grover being back can't come soon enough. Cody, I think we both can agree to that. Uh yeah. Outside of that, I mean, Mike Evans, you know, he had himself a game, man. He kind of figured that would happen. Mike Evans was uh, just put in a lot of positions where there was miscommunications between a bunch of different guys, uh, especially between Rodney Thomas and Jalen Jones. Uh, Listen, at times, you have a a young secondary. You know, things like that are going to happen every once in a while. We get that. But... Outside of Mike Evans and Rashad White, I mean, outside of that, I think Indy's defense did a relatively good job today.
2: Yeah, like you definitely talk about that running game, that running defense, because Tampa Bay could not run the football. So the fact that they ran for over 100 yards, that's concerning. That's very concerning for me. Again, the good news is, I guess, that you only have one more game of this before Grover Stewart comes back. But also, like, how are you just been so poor at, rush, at, at stopping the run this year. Like, you've been so bad. And it's not like you have all these crazy personnel changes, you know, on your front seven. Like, you yeah. know, you, you you haven't really, you know. Before, obviously, Grover Stewart's a huge loss. But, like, Grover Stewart – or, I'm sorry, DeForest Buckner's still a really good run defender. Quitty pays a good run defender. Samson Mbukum's a good run defender. So, like, what's happening? I don't really know. Is it more than just really targeting guys like Taven Bryan in the middle? I'm not sure exactly, but definitely something needs to change there because it's it's been tough, man. It's been really tough without Grover Stewart the last couple weeks.
1: Yeah, it, it's been rough, man. And, you know, it's crazy, too, because um, early in the game, early in the game, the Colts' rushing defense was great, Cody. I mean, they were doing a fantastic job of stopping Rashad White. And then in that second – in the second quarter – Rashad White had a couple of those really big ones, right? And then in that fourth quarter, when he had that 38-yarder, you know, that really opened it up. I mean, that really opened it up. You take away that big 38-yarder, then 14 carries for 62 yards, and then you're averaging less than four yards a carry, right? I mean, still is good for Tampa Bay standards, but, I mean, it just goes to show you how much bigger that uh, total was because of that big play. Now, that was all on Quiddy Pay because Quiddy Pay did not keep outside contain on that run, and we saw what happened. So, that's all on Quiddy for it being the reason that that happened. But all in all, I mean, you got to talk about the defensive line here, man. I mean, good Lord, man. I mean, I talked about it. This defensive line, man, has been something else. I mean, six sacks today, Cody, and everyone was getting in on it. Samson Mabucum had two sacks. Quiddy Pay had a sack. Isaiah Land had a sack. And then Taekwon Lewis had a sack. Dio Adangbo, out of Tommy Wall, out of Bawari had a combined sack between the two of them. The only dude that didn't get a sack amongst everyone was DeForest Buckner. How strange is that? The number one defensive lineman on our team was the only guy that felt like that didn't get a sack. Uh, I saw a stat from Lawrence today. He said, on pace right now, the Indianapolis Colts are on pace for 55 sacks this year, which would have been second in the NFL last year. I mean, look at what this defensive line is doing. I know it's been against bad offensive fronts, Cody, and I've told you that already. But it, but at least the Colts are doing it against bad defensive fronts, right? It's not like they're facing bad defensive fronts and then it's not making a difference. They are taking advantage of the bad offensive lines that they're facing and are totally making these teams pay for it, which is different from what we've seen in years
2: past. Yes. And also wanted to add another stat in there, Derek. The Colts are currently tied for number one in the NFL in strip sacks with seven. So yep. they're yep. they're getting they're getting pressure, they're getting sacks, and they're creating yep. turnovers. So they're yep. doing exactly what they need to do on that defensive line. Yeah, you talked about, it. I mean, talk about man. Dio Adangbo is just on another level this year. I mean, the dude now six and a half sacks, you know, leads the Colts with sacks right now. We talked about Samson Mabukum, who I think is the most underrated defender on the Indianapolis Colts roster right now. That's He's quietly defining
1: was Samson Mabukum.
2: Him and Matt Gay, they're right there, man. Yeah. I mean, honestly. Um, and and so he is quietly posting. He's posted, which is crazy. Nobody even, like, talks about it. He's posted the best PFF grade of the entire defense this year, Derek. He's, like, a 78-something right now, nearly an 80 uh, PFF grade, you know. And I know the sacks aren't always necessarily there, but he had two of them today. So now I think that puts him up to six on the year. So, like, he's quietly having a really, really good season for the Colts. And we don't talk about that enough. Another guy we don't talk about, who you mentioned had a sack today, Tyquan Lewis. We don't talk about Tyquan Lewis, but he has quietly been a force the last number of weeks. He's been on been on, on sacks. He's been on pressures. He just seems like a guy that maybe kind of a lot of fans have forgotten about just because of some of the injuries. But he has had a strong comeback season, Derek. And we don't talk about Tyquan Lewis enough, but I think we, start, we should start doing that because I hope the Colts resign him because he has been really good for the Colts in relief of some of these other guys. And I'm really excited about, you know, kind of the future with this defensive line because there are a lot of guys here that are playing extremely well, extremely good football for the Colts. Yeah, maybe sometimes you say, okay, they need a little bit more consistency. But I would say that about pretty much any NFL defense. You know, you need some more consistency at times unless you have that number one, you know, Nick Bosa type of guy. Like, you just, you need that. But, yeah, these young guys especially, you know, he talked about Adebowari, Adangbo, uh, you know, Isaiah Land, uh, Samson Mabukum, all these guys are, have just been playing lights-out football for the Indianapolis Colts. So we definitely need to talk about it. Derek, we cannot go without talking about the guy that made a play early on in this game. Free agent a week ago, practice squad player, I should say, a week ago, Ronnie Harrison Jr. comes off the practice squad. He's been a safety. Now he's playing linebacker, and he he records at an, interception, an interception. And it's just like, that's just, I mean, like, we all love Shaquille Leonard, but the Colts were right, Derek. <laughs> like, the Colts were right with that. We know that. And so it was just good to see the guy that they brought in to replace him making a play. You know, a guy that, honestly, Derek is a highly touted player coming out of Alabama. He's a third-round pick. Um, To see him coming and playing good football, he's kind of that third linebacker in the rotation right now. I I love to see it, man. I love to see it. So wanted to give all those guys shout-outs because I think they all deserve it. They all played really good football today. And uh, I'm really excited about this young core of defenders the Colts have assembled.
1: Yeah, and, I mean, I'm not going to talk – I'm not going to give too much grief to – Jalen Jones today or to Rodney Thomas or anything. Again, like I said before, these are young guys. These are one year and second year guys that are still trying to figure it all out. And we're designed, we're asked to uh, handle a really tough task and guarding one of the best wide receivers in all of football and yeah. Mike Evans, right? It's a tough, t- it's a tough task, but you know, for the most part, you eliminated a bunch of big plays. Outside of Mike Evans, you know, there's those sort of situations that happen. But yeah, congrats to Ronnie Harrison. I mean, been phenomenal uh play there. Really helped shape the uh momentum in the Colts' favor in that first quarter. Uh, really, really huge, really awesome to see that. Um, it's kind of crazy, Cody, because like we don't we didn't even talk about Zaire Franklin or EJ Speed in this game. I mean, Zaire Franklin only had seven tackles. EJ Speed only had six tackles. I mean, they were virtually, I mean, I'm not saying they're no-shows, but, like, they, they're, we weren't even talking about them all game. We don't even talk about them. We're talking about a practice squad linebacker that just came up and made the one of the biggest plays of the whole day, and then we're talking about this defensive line that had no assistance and yet was able to put up six sacks. Like, the two guys at the at the position that we keep talking about the most they they were the they were just background players in this game for this defense which is crazy to think about uh, given all things a uh, couple other guys to give props to uh, Julian Blackman uh, really good job today had two pass deflections had a QB hit two uh Julian Blackman was playing really well throughout this game. Like I said, Jalen Jones, good, uh, good on you playing today. Kenny Moore, really happy with his performance. Um, also, just real quick shout-out to Nick Cross on that one tackle that he had. Uh, that was a huge, huge moment in everything. So, really great job there by Nick Cross to make that tackle when it was needed to get them to not be able to kick a field goal. That really shifted it. So, great job by the defense in total.
2: Yes, Absolutely. Yeah. And, and they weren't perfect. Like you said, like they've had, they had their own issues, had some miscommunication, had some leaky run defense, but I think ultimately when it came down to it, Derek, like, like we talked about the defense closed it out, which is exactly what they didn't do a year ago. So definitely love to see that. I think with how young the unit is as a, as a whole, that's great to see, you know, if this young defense can learn how to finish you, that's a, that's a great thing that like, I think, you just don't necessarily like factor in all the time, but like the winning culture and figuring that out, you have to figure out ways to win on the, on the defensive side of things. And, you know, the Colts did it for so many years with Frenny and Mathis, you know, the guys that were the closers and now they're starting to find hopefully some of their closers, some of those guys that can help them win the game, when it matters, when the game's on the line and you need one stop, you need those guys that'll step up and make the plays. And they did it today. So, defense definitely deserves a shout-out, no question. 100%,
1: man. But I think that's going to do it for this recap, guys. Uh, let us know your thoughts on the Indianapolis Colts winning 27-20 to over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Let us know your thoughts on the Colts moving themselves into the playoff picture because of this win. But, again, let us know your thoughts, guys. Thank you so much for all the support. And, as always, guys, go Colts yeah